What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, we heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, defensive line coach Joe Colton, quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy, and wide receivers coach Joe Bleemeyer. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo, then Dave Tobe. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Joe Colon, Matt Nagy, and Joe Bleemeyer. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Good afternoon. Hope all is well with everyone. Uh, feels good coming off another uh, good victory. I thought our guys did a heck of a job of finding ways to uh, to make plays when critical plays needed to be made. Uh, now we're moving forward on to the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> with that said, I'm all ears. You know what, I think as a whole, for whatever reason, we just didn't finish the game the right way. There's a number of things that, that took place either in that first game or that second game. And I told our guys earlier in the week, we can't get caught up in the emotions of what took place as far as how the game went. It's all about making sure that we understand that we utilize those two games as a, as a learning lesson moving forward. Because there's a lot of things that we know that we could have did much better that we got to continue to work on. So these guys are focused. They're locked in. But also they understand the importance of cleaning up the mistakes because this is a good team who's getting healthy at the right time. And we got to make sure that we're on point as well. Coach, I know it's a technically a practice squad back, but what, what's exciting about Melvin Gordon and adding him to the mix there? Well, you know what, Veach does a heck of a job of always scouring and seeing exactly what's going on and what's available. So, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with him at the Combine years ago. Uh, we've had an opportunity to see him <laughs> for a number of years. Uh, he's done a heck of a job, and now we have him here. He's met with Slu. He's, he's a sharp guy. Obviously, I think he, he upgrades the talent level. Uh, you never want to discount uh, – Players are, are basically, you know, you always want to keep upgrading your roster. So Melvin brings a lot of, a lot of, basically uh, some some playing experience. But on top of that, he's a heck of a kid and he's a heck of a player and he's a humble kid that understands the uh, the opportunity that he has right in front of him. Eric, just the way that last season ended, was there any worry that that loss would linger into this year? Uh, not at all. I mean. The thing about it, each year takes on its own different journey. And for whatever reason, you know, that journey came to an abrupt end at that particular moment. So what do you do? You go back, you evaluate, you take a look at all the good, you take a look at the bad, and then you continue moving forward. But now, the thing that happened last year, it happened for a reason. It's a lesson. It's a, something that springs you forward. If you look at the way our guys have played, our guys have not even focused on what has taken place in the past. 
Their job is to make sure that they're focusing on the now and living in the moment because the only thing that matters, it's where we are right now and what we need to do in order to help us to accomplish the goal this weekend. So I understand it played out that way, but were there early signs that told you that wasn't going to be a concern for you? And I guess if so, when, when did those arrive? I, it hasn't been an issue at all. You know, the thing is, <laughs> you win games and you lose games in this industry. And if you're around long enough, you're going to lose some games. Uh, I remember losing against Notre Dame in 1990 or 90. Uh, yeah, we lost that one. But what did that game do? It helped us to focus to move forward. And so that's all you want to continue to do. You want to continue moving forward and understanding that things happen for a reason. And you have to utilize those life lessons to help you spring forward. When, uh, you know, it was the final game last year, and we've heard Chris talk about it a little bit, or Patrick talk about it. Personally, for you, I mean, how long do you chew on the last game of the year? You can only chew on it for so long. I mean, you watch it, you get through it, and then you move on. You have to, because the thing is, you can't allow certain things to have an impact on your whole entire life. There's a lot of things that you can can do to help you. You know what I mean? But you never want to just live off of negative experiences. You want to continue to make sure that you're utilizing those experiences to help you to grow and help you moving forward and educate you in as many ways as you can. And so I think the best thing about it is just understanding why it happened, but also understanding that in order to have that opportunity to happen again, you know, there's some things that we can do a lot better. Isaiah's done a nice job, you know, as the season's gone on. We're about to that, like, rookie wall time. <laughs> Are you seeing, we see everything that happens on the field. Are you seeing everything you want to see off the field, the meeting room at this time of year? Is, is the rookie wall a real thing sometimes for guys? The rookie wall is a real thing. I know I hit it in my rookie year, okay? But uh, it doesn't seem to, to impact him. I mean, obviously, all the energy that you see after a play, he does the same thing in practice. Uh, the kid's uh, very energized and excited about meetings. He does a good job in the walkthroughs. We've got to slow him down at times. And then when he has to practice, he has a bunch of energy. I want what he has bottled up so I can help lose some of this damn weight moving forward. But uh, he's a heck of a kid. And, and I knock on wood. I hope the rookie wall does not hit him. He seems to be in a great place right now, mentally as well as physically. And I will add to that, he got some great guys in that room that have helped him to understand what it takes to become a, uh, a professional at this level and how to take care of his body. Greg Lewis, obviously, being a former player, okay, now being his coach. Jarek McKinnon, okay, Clyde. I mean, there's a lot, of number, a, a lot of guys with a lot of experience in that room that have helped him to understand what it takes and how to survive, you know, throughout the course of the season. Patrick said yesterday that as he gets older, he's enjoyed throwing from the pocket a little bit more. Just where have you seen him come from in, in that regard of, of the comfort of just, just staying home in, in a sense? You know what? It's, 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 it's good watching his development and some of the things that he's improved upon. But, you know, also, too, you kind of like when he breaks contain and, you know, the schoolyard play takes play. But uh, he's done a heck of a job. Plus, on top of that, I mean, it helps that we have the three interior guys. We got... Creed, we got uh, Tooney, you know, we got uh, the big head guy, Trey. And so those guys are doing a great job of protecting that quarterback and just keeping that pocket solid. And so that makes life a little bit easier for Pat. 
And Pat understands exactly, you know, uh, what those guys are trying to do. And that way he doesn't put them in positions, okay, to, to be in an awkward situation where they can get called for holding. That kind of slip, but uh, you know he got this. I love Trey. You know Trey got this this enormous head, and he loves. So, and I'm not saying that that he's big headed. You know, as a person, I'm just talking about the size of it. You know, and that doesn't make him bad now. You know, because he finds a way to put his head on folks and just drives them into the ground, which we absolutely love. But he's a great kid. Uh, obviously, we joke with each other. Those guys have a great chemistry, and they all got some nicknames. But yeah, he, you know, his head is kind of large. That's all. Great to, uh, great to get that clarity. Um, in, in terms of this matchup, Eric, um, they have so many guys back from that defense last year, yet your receivers might be all new for this particular game. I just wonder how you um, teach the guys maybe what they're seeing from the Bengals like you saw even last year and this season, but also trying to figure out what worked for your receiving core a year ago that may be transferable to this new group. Well, first of all, we got a hell of a coaching staff. Uh, Joe Blameyer is going to do a hell of a job with those guys. He understands that what the uh, task is and just we know exactly the type of coverages they present to us. So he's doing a great job of communicating, showing those guys all the little nuances that needs to be known about how the secondary plays. But when it's all said and done with, I mean, these guys are getting healthy. This is very similar to last year. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're starting to play good football at the right time. And for whatever reason, it seems like everybody's healthy when they, play, when they play the Kansas City Chiefs. And so we wouldn't want it any other way, okay? We want those guys to be healthy. That way we can have our best against their best. But our guys know what, is up, what we're up against. And when it's all said and done, we just need to go, go out there and play hard and play fast and then be accountable to one another and making sure that we're looking out for each other. Last one, Coach, uh, your name hasn't really been out there with it, but it's college hiring season for coaches and your alma mater is looking for a coach. <laughs> Just have you been contacted by anybody and, and would you have interest in a college head coaching job? I have not been contacted by anybody. I'm just noticing you got a Gremlin uh, shirt on. Okay. That's, now that's sweet. <laughs> uh, but no, I haven't. Okay. My focus right now is here with the Kansas City Chiefs and making sure that we're getting ready okay, for this big game this weekend. But I like that. I went to the first Bayou Classic at the, as a kid at the Superdome. Would you have interest if the timing all worked out? Listen, I'm, I'm coaching in the NFL. I love what I do. But thank you for the, for the question. All right. You guys have a great day. Past 12 o'clock, right? All right, real excited to play this game. I don't have much to say. It's been uh, our guys we had a good practice yesterday, and hopefully we get a good one today. So with that, I'll open it up. Coach, there's a lot of whooping going on right now between Justin Reed, Jamar Chase, Hayden yeah. Hurst responded today. Uh, how much do you encourage that or discourage that? Never talked about. I let that Coach Reed handle that. I wasn't even aware of it until they just told me in the hallway there. So I'm not... I don't know how to get on it. Um, I mean, I'm not lying. I don't, I don't know how to read it or do it. So, but if there are guys in the building that know how to read it, I'll let them, I'll let them address it. There's also been some talk this week about Joe Cullen and his impact on the defensive line room. Um, yeah. I guess you can talk about that. Yeah, I can, yeah. What has he brought to the table? Now, listen, I've, I've known Joe a long time. I think we talked about this. We go way back. We're both 
from the Boston area in New England talk the same. If you talk to Joe, he has the same kind of accent. I don't know whose is worse. Um, he's been out of that area for a long time, too. I never lost mine. But Joe's been great, along with Terry Braden, um, assist Joe. And I think between both those guys and how the players have responded to him, you know, every coach that comes in and, and coaches a unit brings a different flair. You know, everybody does, nobody does it the exact same way. Um, and so I'm glad that the, that the big guys have responded to it, and hopefully we can keep cranking away and playing good football. Has it led to more mismatches along the line, and maybe that's why you're, you guys are, because you guys are just, you've exceeded the sack total already with six games to play. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious about why you think that is. Well, Chris is having a heck of a year, yeah. number one. And you, you're talking about the sacks. If I'm not mistaken, early in the year, a lot of the sacks were from linebackers, DBs, you know. So I, I would credit all of those guys for that. But we're talking about the D-line and Joe's impact and Terry's, and I, I think that's valid. Um, when we've had four-man rushes and the way they... Listen, uh, pass rushes, 80% want, in my opinion. And when those guys want to get there, and with these quarterbacks that can get in and out of trouble, we're, we're facing another one that gets that is, I think, one of the best um, at everything, including his scrambling ability. Um, he, he did it to us at Cincinnati last year, had a couple here, three key third downs he scrambled for and got them. Um, we got to have our best game. With that group, certainly. Steve, um, you moved Legereus outside a, a couple of weeks ago in LA. Can you go into the, the thinking of why that was? Yeah, um, I got to go back to that game plan. I think uh, Mike Williams was playing at the time. It was a little bit of a matchup thing. Um, a little different with this team because you got three of them. I only have one LJ. <laughs> yeah, you can't get. Uh, but that that's what that thinking was. And then he he, twist, he tweaked that ankle and was out of the game again. I think we got back to back to normal, right? How valuable is he been? I mean, not just over the past four yeah. years, but specifically this year, see what he's taking in another step Yeah, he's, listen, LJ to me is one of our premier players. I mean, we talk a lot about Chris, we talk about Nick, but you know, LJ, you throw him right in there. We got one at every level uh, that's playing extremely well, and LJ is certainly one of those guys. Um, he's so versatile, you know, you move him inside, move him out. We've had him back at safety, and in years past here, so um, we're glad we got him. Yeah. Coach, you were just talking about Joe Burrow saying that he's the, the biggest threat in your in your opinion would probably be the fact that his scrambling ability. Well, I'm not, no, I'm talking about the whole package. But when we were talking about the D line, oh, okay. you know, I just factor in that we're dealing with another quarterback that can get. We don't have. It's not a statue. <laughs> I mean, he's big and he's strong and he can throw the football, but it's not a statue by any means. He has a unique ability. Uh, what did Joe say? Uh, whether it was slither away or he's sneaky or whatever. He, he, and he's really good at protecting the football. This is one of the teams that have the fewest turnovers or fumbles in the NFL. And he's one of the reasons because he's really smart in the pocket with the, with the football and how he maneuvers. There were some big plays that they got you guys on up in Cincinnati last yeah. year. A whole bunch of new different players in your defensive backfield. Yeah. What has been the, the difference this year for you guys not maybe giving up as many of those really explosive plays for yeah, well, I think Dave and uh, Donald do a good job back there with those guys. We've been cognizant of that. We talk about explosive passes every week. Last last week was one of the f one of the first a few games where we did not have a pass play over twenty. I think we had a couple other games like that. That makes a huge difference because um, the let, let's face it, offenses right. Every offense in this league is going to prey upon explosive passes. It gets them going right. Flips field position. Um, 
So when we can eliminate that, that's a good thing. I mean, our guys are playing with good technique. You know, we've had certain coverages to eliminate that. Um, there was a play in the game last week where it was evident that they were taking a shot, and we took it away. Now uh, the quarterback found the back, and it ended up being a 15-yard game because we had taken away all the deep guys. So, but we'd like to keep doing that because I, I believe if you make a team uh, drive the field, that you know somewhere along the way you can make a play. Given the success that the Bengals did have last year against you in those games, how big of a kind of measuring stick is it for these young players that yep. you've got going up against those guys? I haven't talked about it yet, but I plan to on Saturday night. I mean, this is a this is a real test to find out where we're at. Um, just don't want to be getting tested at a time when it's really important that we win the game, right? So hopefully the other, the prior, um, are we, is this game 11 or 12? 11, right? 12. 12. Um, you know, hopefully with the other 11 games we've played, it's prepared us for this. Uh, we'll find out on uh, Sunday. I, I think, you know, the young guys that we've had back there, I think they've grown pretty quickly. You know, Trent having not played a lot of games to this point, but I don't see him bat an eyelash on the sideline. Josh certainly hasn't. I mean, Jalen's dealing with that hand right now. And I thought, I thought Brian Cook did a nice job going in for Warren last week. You know, you t we talk about, you know, you'd think, they would have attacked, you know, as a rookie back there and the whole thing, but he was solid. Um, and probably when you don't hear a lot about a safety after a game, that's a good thing because of the position he plays. Coach, uh, I know you get a lot of numbers and everything uh, put in front of you. There was a number in a story uh, today about you guys have, like, the worst QBR, you know, when, the new ratings, when you yeah. don't get to the quarterback. Now, it said you get to and pressure the quarterback a lot, so it minimizes that. But yeah. you... you is that something you need, whether it's that stat or some other well, stat? Do you have something you look at? Can you be too reliant on a pass rush? I don't think you could ever be too reliant on it because, I mean, I think it goes hand in hand, right? The pass rush and the coverage. But the QBR, you know, we get that, right? To me, the thing that affects, from our standpoint, that affects the QBR rating the, the best is to intercept the football because that's when the QBR rating comes down. We haven't had a lot of you know, we've got to find our way to – but I don't remember. You guys can help me. I don't, I don't remember that we've dropped a lot. You know, maybe there's a – LJ, I think, had one uh, in a game. I'm just going over all the whole year. But I think we could bring the QBR rating down if we pick a few balls off. Uh, but that's tight coverage and doing some things a little bit better and maybe confidence. You know, you've got young guys, and they're more worried about just covering and not going to get the ball. So if we can start attacking the ball – LJ got one last week, and Nick got, got one off a tip ball, so – I'm not really sure how to. Uh, Steve, the versatility of having Chris go from inside to outside and then Mike Dana going outside to inside, just how much do you think that has played to the success of yeah. the last few weeks? Listen, we've always liked to move Chris around. Some of that's over on the sideline, and Chris, where do you want to go this next time? And he tries to find somebody. And, you know, listen, when you're a... When you're an old line preparing during the week, you know, if, some, if he's in that same spot, Right, that particular old lineman prepares to go against him. Watches, you know, when you move, they all have to do it, and you're not sure where he's going to be. So we we try to do that as much as we can. But part of what you said there, Nate, I don't think should be overlooked. The fact that Mike can do what he does is huge. Because if you didn't have that, you might have to keep Chris in a certain spot. So the versatility of both those guys is is helpful. Keep doing it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Fire away. Coach, what do you, the obvious ones, uh, what are your plans right now as far as punt returner is concerned? Uh, Justin, you know, we're going to look at Justin uh, Watson, uh, uh, McDuffie, 
we'll go there, start there. Is that when you take the reps in practice, I mean, do you still have sky practice? Oh yeah, yeah. We're not we're not giving up. We don't quit. We just don't quit on players. You know, we're going to keep working them and, and keep developing them. I mean, he, he is a you know he's a rookie. He's going to get better. You know, I've said it before. Uh, we went to the limit with him, obviously, and uh, you know we need to uh, get him out of there for a while and let him let his head settle down a little bit. Uh, the, the best thing was that I saw was the fact that he came in there on his, as a wide receiver, made a great catch for us, and you know didn't let that one play. You know, and I know Coach talked about that too, but that was really impressive to me. Coach, so I've asked him before, kind of about guys getting it as far as the rules and some of the you know sure. some of the nuances that maybe bit you, but you still believe that you know if you can be a receiver, you can be a returner. Or there's some guys that don't judge the ball or don't. Can't, can't keep their eyes from looking over my career you know my 22 year career i've i've developed a lot of guys you know and uh and i really feel like sky has that ability he's got that ability innate ability to make somebody miss and uh, he's a good catcher of the football uh i just think um you know we cracked his confidence a little bit and it's hard back there i mean i've talked about this before how hard it is to play punt return in the nfl and uh you know, he just had some bad things happen to him, and we just need some time here. To, time will heal it up for him, I think. Uh, I know there's been, I think, about three kicker punt returns here in the last couple of weeks. So there for a while we were like nine weeks in with only one in the league. You yeah. Still, but it's way down. Like 20 years ago, it was like 30 in the season. We're at four. At this point? Four or five. Oh. Yeah, well, no, for the whole year. Oh, okay. But you're okay. five. So you're pacing for, you know, seven or eight for the whole league. You still think it's worth it to... Yeah, we get, like the, with the new rules and the town of the kickers, uh, they still get return, big returns? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think it's worth coming out five to eight deep, you know? I, I don't think, I mean, we haven't done that. I mean, we, the only returns we're getting is the ones that they kick it to us. I mean, that's all we're doing. We're not, we're not doing anything crazy back there right now. So if they kick it to us, we're going to return it when you have no choice. You know, it is tougher than it's, ever it's been. tougher than it's ever been, no question. You know, and uh, you know, in punt, punt, punt return. Players are getting better. I mean, special teams is getting more emphasis on every team. Uh, you got great players out there, great kickers, great punters. Um, it's changing the game a little bit. There's yeah. no question. How, how much of what you mentioned with Sky about cracking his confidence? I mean, in re- this is all in retrospect, but it's a it's a player that was learning the wide receiver position at the NFL for the first time. How much do you think it's just putting too much on his plate from the uh, it's easy to say now that, yeah, we probably put too much on his plate. I mean, you know, and, and that's my fault. You know, I had him out there. I, I have all the confidence in the world in the kid. Um, I just felt like he was over the hump. You know, the, the other game he caught a nice, you know, he had a nice uh, punt return in the game before. And I felt like uh, in the situation that he was in in that, in that particular play, I thought he had a great opportunity. He just took his eyes off the ball. It's unfortunate. In all your years working through this, do you have an example of getting a player through this and then eventually become? I'm going to tell you what. Devin Hester wasn't a great fielder of balls. You know, the thing that Devin Hester did is that every time uh, he did get the ball in his hand, he did so many great things with it. People, you know, the he, he made so many plays that the risk was worth the reward, you know. So... I mean, if he, if he didn't have those huge plays, I mean, he would be the same situation. There was times where he had three muffs in a game, you know, in a year, you know. So, I mean, he just wasn't, you know, we just didn't get those those explosive plays from Sky, you know, to, for people to have patience enough to deal with it. I mean, people drop punts all over the league. I mean, it happens. Um, it just happened too many times for Sky. Dave, you, um, how would you classify Watson and 
Are they more uh, they're both. They're they're both yeah, they're both. Security. Exactly. They're not. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not as elusive. Um, you know, as Sky is, is. You know, the quick first step um, separation that I think Sky. I know he has, and you're going to see it as a wide receiver. Um, but uh, you know, we have both of those guys have good long speed. You know, I mean, especially Watson. He's probably one of our fastest players on the team. Um, you'll see. Uh, but, you know, it's that change of direction. But they're both are good catchers, you know, and they're both solid catchers. And right now, uh, that's what we need. Last, last three weeks, you've also you had the onside kick. Jacksonville got on you, and, and you had the, the fake punt. And I know the defense rose up and it didn't end up, yep. you know, biting you. But is that maybe an indication? Do you look back at the film and say, we're trying to, maybe you're giving up too much ground, trying to get the return? And it's No, we had a, you know, and last week, you know, we'd, had nothing to do with the onside kick. The onside kick uh, happened. I just mean overall. Yeah, I mean we had two things. We had two things happen to us, and we had we had uh, defense. We had stay out there. We had eight eight box safe. I mean we were in a safe situation. We just I didn't remind him about the the sticks play that we run. There's a reason why we run it because it's a good play. You know it's hard to stop. You know they hit us on it. They hit uh, McDuffie on it on the sideline. I mean I could have reminded him right there at that spot. I'm I kicked myself in the butt for not doing that. You know, but we were on high alert in that game for the fake. I mean, every time, and they did different formations and stuff. If you watch it, it wasn't a normal deal, and we got to accept the fact. I mean, we uh, we understand that that's what we're going to get. On, on especially, we're going to get the out of the box stuff that's going to be played against us because they, people are trying to steal possessions, and we know that. I know you don't make excuses, but eleven rookies. Has this year been more of a challenge in your there's nine. Uh, there's nine rookies right now. I mean, I looked at the board. Uh, there's nine rookies that we're playing with on special teams right now. I never had that many. I mean, so, uh, but uh, I know what I'm seeing on tape. I know we're getting better. You know, it might not show all the time, but we're getting better each week. And, you know, come playoff time, you know, if we, we can pound it and just keep getting better, we're going to be a pretty salty group. And I really believe that. I keep telling them that. And, you know, the tape doesn't lie. If you really look at the tape and you'll see it, you'll see the effort, you'll see uh, that we're close on a lot of things, and, and it's, it's going to happen before the year's out with these young players. Coach Harrison has seemed to hit a, a groove. Um, just a matter of health, you think, or just? I think health is, you know, he's getting better and better each week. You know, like I said before, it's something that's going to be lingered. It's going to be there all year. I don't think it's going to go away, but he's, uh, he's handling it well. He doesn't talk about it anymore, you know, so hopefully you guys could stop talking about it too. So. Well, speaking of health, you know, obviously Justin Watson and McDuffie are going to be sort of like your short-term solution at punt returner. When Kadarius Tony is healthy, how safe is it to say that he will be your primary punt returner? It's safe to say. It's safe to say, you know, um, but he's still battling back. I mean, we don't know when he'll be back. You know, he, he might be back this week if he is. I'm not sure we can even use him in that role. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, he, he is probably the best punt returner we have on our roster. What's the balance like to, for you with Isaiah to see him, you know, from what he was earlier in the season to his growth you know, coach with you and then have your yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah, he's, you know, coach talked about how he's an energizer, but he has no question about it. I mean, he is. He plays so hard in everything he does, and, you know, I really think he's going to pop one as a, as a kick returner. You know, it's a good, you know, I said this before, it's a good way for him to start a game, you know, get back there and kind of get loosened up before he goes on offense. And, and, and people aren't kicking to him anyway. I mean, we might get some this week. Hopefully we do. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a dynamic guy back there. And he's just, uh, you know, I had to take him off a kickoff. You know, obviously he was getting a little bit too much. So, but he wants to be on everything, you know, and he's, he, he's, he's, he's just a great kid.
Was that the way from day one? From day one, yeah. Generally day speaking, uh, Bengals preview. I mean, are they Zing ever seeing the Bengals? They oh, the Bengals, yeah. One thing about the Bengals, when you watch them, you watch our championship game, they're all back. I mean, the whole, all the special teams, they're all, every one of them is back. You know, that's the big difference right there, as they got, they got a lot of experience and they play hard, uh, you know, so, you know, we got our hands full. There's no question about it. And, you know, they're an experienced group, well coached. Okay, thanks, Coach. Thanks. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's uh, great to see everybody. Appreciate everybody being here and tough act to follow on Coach Spags. But uh, getting ready, December football, uh, AFC opponent, a tough AFC opponent, defending champs, and they're playing great football right now. Coach Taylor and his staff, Coach Callahan, do a great job on the offensive side of the ball, and they're, they're, they're running on all cylinders right now. So with that, I'll open it up for questions. Coach, I know Chris Jones mentioned that it's not a lot to look back on last year because they've changed their offensive line so much. Um, I'm curious, is there something for you to look back on, or is it all just this year's tape of Cincinnati when you prepare your guys, your unit? Well, I think, you know, one of the things about them is they're, they're, they're going to tell you what they're going to do. They're gonna, you know, they get two really good running backs. You know, they're going to run the football. Uh, Mixon, I mean, he's as good a back as there is. And when, when he gets rolling, I mean, he, I, I was at Baltimore for five years, so saw him firsthand. And uh, Perini, I mean, the, the – I mean, he, he's, he, they give him a rest. He can, they do a great job there. And then they have their scheme. They got great wideouts. All three of those wideouts are, are top caliber. So if you're going to double one, they're going to go to the other guy. And then they added, you know, Hurst, who I was with in Baltimore. He, he's having a great year. So, I mean, they just do a great job with what they do. Offensive line-wise, they're, they're playing well. Uh, Coach Pollock, they do a great job. They're physical. Uh, to me, they, I mean, they, they've, they've uh, just done a great job all year. Just, just to be specific, though, I mean, those two games last year were big ones here. I know you weren't here, but they, it's, it's a big moment. Like, do those two games that the Chiefs played last year against the Bengals, are they a part, a big part of what you're doing to prepare, or does it not really oh. apply to what they're doing this year with the people they have this year? Well, obviously, each year is different, but, I mean, you know, they, they know us pretty well, and I think we know them pretty well, and it's, it's just going to be a great football game. Do you get a feeling, I mean, even though you weren't here, you get a feeling there's a lot of new players on the defense. I kind of got the feeling that, they all get how this ended last year. Do you get a feeling in the coaching staff rooms? And I know they all mean the same thing. They're all one to seventeen or whatever. Do you get a feeling this one may feel a little different when you're preparing for it? Well, I would just say this. I mean, they 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 uh, took an opportunity away to, to go to the Super Bowl, and they they earned that. And I, I just think 
you know, every game is different. Every year is different. Uh, it's an opportunity for us in, in December to get where we want to go, and they're in our way right now. They're, they're a heck of a football team. We're going to give them everything we have. One of the things that Coach Spags mentioned was Burrow does a very good job of protecting the ball. I mean, he gets sacked a bunch of doesn't fumble the ball. Any techniques or anything you can try to use against him to, to get the ball out when you get to him? I've played him a couple times. He's bigger than you think. He, he, one, he's a great quarterback. He can make all the throws. And, he, and to me, he's an old-style gunslinger. He's going to stay in that pocket, not going to shy away from getting the hits, and he's going to step right up into the teeth of the rush. And he does. He does a great job of corralling the football and kind of slides on through, and, and, he, and he can win with his legs as well. But I have a lot of respect for him. I, I, I'll tell you this now. He's, he's, a, he's a heck of a player. Could you mention Chris Jones potentially having a, a career year in, in camp, and he has had a great year, and then yesterday he credited you and Terry with helping him to, to kind of get there. What do you make of, of that and, and him saying, you know, he's been the difference for me in this season? Well, I think, you know, one thing, you know, Chris has been a great football player, you know, since he's gotten into the league, and I think, you know, he's, he's had great years in the past, and I just think it was just to get to the next step. The work that he's put in has been phenomenal. He's, he's put a lot of work in, not only in the offseason, but what we went through in training camp. And, you know, and, uh, you know he's right. You know, my, my, my assistant defensive line coach, Terry Braden, does a phenomenal job. He will be a full-time defensive line coach in this league. And that was, that was, uh, Chris was right on about that. But he's put the work in. And when you put the work in, usually the results happen. Well, how much of what he does, I mean, I'm, everyone in the league is a, a physical Kind of well, you know, you just hit it right on the head. He has a lot of things I can't coach. So he's six foot six, two, 300 pounds, runs well, he's athletic. He has flexibility, and uh, the thing that I, like I said this before, standing up here, you know, I've been impressed with Chris playing the run, not only just getting after the quarterback, but being physical on the double teams, hustling downfield, making plays. You know, in the Charger game a couple weeks ago, there was a, there was an out. He's running downfield, making the play. Uh, one of the third down runs in the in the Jacksonville game, and last week in the Ram game when they tried to run the quarterback sweep, he disrupted the whole play. So he's he's really playing playing. Uh, both the run and the pass well. Coach, uh, Brandon Williams, you, you two now have sort of like a little mini reunion from your time together in Baltimore. What, what went into the decision to bring him here, and how much input did you have? Well, I, well, first, Brandon was a heck of a player. Uh, I, I, I was with him five years in Baltimore. He's from this this part of the country. He went to school here. Uh, I would say this, you know, you know, Brett Veach and Coach Reed, you know, do a great job in terms of just keep getting talent. And at this time of year, you can never have enough valuable defensive linemen. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And then, and then the fact that I did have a relationship with him, and he's, he, he works his tail off. And so it, it's an opportunity for him to come in and help us. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. All right, before we get into serious things, uh, looking at the Kelsey podcast today, Patrick let the cat out of the bag. You gave him the play before his visit. I keep hearing about that here today. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, always a unique and fun process going through that. And I think uh, you go back to that time when um, every year you're, you're prepping for different positions, different players, et cetera. And it's such a lengthy, grueling process. And 
um, obviously we all had, um, uh, I think it was very safe to say that there was a major consensus in our building of, of who we liked. And so me being the coordinator slash quarterback coach, I, I could have a little part of that to be able to, um, um, you know, help out and see where he's at. And so uh, I just know that Coach Reed and Veacher and uh, a lot of other people in that building um, really, really, really like Patrick, including myself. And so um, you get a chance to, to meet with them. And, um, you know, we all, everybody has a process of what you go through. And, um, you know, for us, it was able to uh, go through some plays. And Coach has a phenomenal um, process of evaluation of many different uh, positions, but in particular, I think his process of evaluating quarterbacks is, is awesome. And so that was just a part of the process. And um, I have not seen it yet, what you're talking about, but I can assume he's probably having some fun with it. And uh, um, yeah, we definitely like Patrick. So, so it that's seems a like you're yes that you gave him the uh, answers or the, the plays. Say that again, I'm sorry. So that's a yes, you gave him the plays ahead of time? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You had other quarterbacks in that year too. I mean, yeah, a lot of great ones. Did you give them the plays too? Um, we were uh, we we went over we went over uh, different plays at different times throughout the process of different weeks and different months. Um, but <laughs> but we uh, I thought Patrick did a hell of a job on the test. He was he was <laughs> coach was giving him some good questions on the plays and Patrick man he's he knew what he was doing but uh, it was impressive. Yeah. Were they aware that when he came back in that he had already seen some of these plays? Um, well, I know that I know how much that uh, I know how much they loved him pre-draft process and how much they. I mean, again, like we were we were all so much into him and I mean, Coach and Veacher and Doris and all these guys. I mean, it, it was that was I think the the best part. To, before I get to your your answer or your question, is everybody was just very all in on him and it made it easy. But now there's a process to it. And um, again, like I said, I was a part of that process, and some may have known a little bit, and some may have not. I mean, there's all the stories about the teams that liked him as well, and yeah. reached out and said, "Hey, nice job, everything." But you sit around in a room, and everyone like, "Keep your mouth shut, like this can't get out there." You, know, you had to go a long way up to get him, obviously. Yeah, I, that for sure that happens um, in, in every draft, and when you're dealing with um, a quarterback, and, I, and again, like. You look at the process of, especially a first round and some trade movements that could go on. Um, you know, I had my part at that time. I was in a different role, um, and 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 um, for me, meaning like I was a quarterback coach slash coordinator, and I was um, I could do everything that I could, knowing how I felt and knowing how everybody else felt to try to help out. And um, but the guys in the war room, the GMs, the the head coaches, etc. There's there's a a method to the madness of how it goes down. There it certainly is. Every team has their way. Some are very silent and some are louder and they can manipulate it however they want. I just know uh, where we all stood and, and um, I guess, like you said, Pat gave a little bit of the intel on that. Uh, you have how much Brett liked Pat. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of been the, the story. Yeah. Was there a conversation between the two Delaware guys? Like, okay, let's maybe help him in, in, a, in a special way because we really want him to impress Coach Reed. Well, Again, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say that I know that when, when Coach was watching uh, Patrick and just seeing, you know, his tape uh, on film and just in college, like every play that he had, I mean, Co Coach just kept uh, talking about just the, 
the type of special plays that he was making. And obviously, I know Veach was, I mean, Veach was all over it, those two guys and, and Doris. And so, I mean, it's for me to be able to, um, all of us, we talk. And so we all have talks, and then there's weeks and months and even longer than months that you talk about maybe a certain player, and you get closer and closer to the time of maybe drafting somebody, and you can get a big-time liking for, for him. And, um, but then at the same point in time, there's maybe some discussions of Delaware talk that could go down, and um, Veach is, Veach is uh, he, he definitely had, he, he was very big on Patrick, and uh, I think it's, it goes to show um, that he definitely knows what he's looking at with talent. Your connection with him very early on can be described as special. Like, just yeah. like you guys have a thing going on. Why, why do you think that is? And who's that? You and Patrick. Uh, you know what? It's, it's something where, um, again, I, I do go back on a, on a serious note. I go back to this whole process and, and you know, watching in a lot of different quarterbacks, a lot of different positions. Now, at that point in time, I was coordinator, so I was watching more positions than just quarterback. But when you, when you find somebody that you all like and you really want to dig into where is he, and I think if you go back to remembering when he was coming out, there was a lot of concern about the conference that he played in, the defenses he was seeing, and was he going to translate from prior quarterbacks into an NFL quarterback, let alone uh, a, a franchise future um, um, phenomenal quarterback. And um, for me, I just, when you met the person, when you met Patrick, He's impossible to not to. He's impossible to not like, and and then you put the tape on, you start watching, and you can't put the clicker down, and you just watch more and more and more. Then you connect the person with it. Then you talk to other coaches, you talk to people around the league, and now you got to create your own opinion. And then when we ended up drafting Patrick, and he came in, um, to be able to be in that room with Alex and Patrick and see that whole. Um, just to see that thing develop organically between Alex and him. I got a big time respect for Patrick on how he handled himself as a number one, I mean, as a first round draft pick coming into Alex and, and where we were, because we were still winning. Um, then to leave and now come back um, four years later, five years later, I just, I get, I, 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 I get to be able to see the growth that he's had, um, the appreciation of who he is from a person. I mean, he's, he's so humble. He does not have an ego. Um, but yet he wants to master this game. He wants to master the position, and it's internally driven. So when I see that, I love being a part of it, and I just want to be able to help him out as much as I can, and he helps me out too. So like that part, leaving and coming back because of some of the background we had before, that's the part that's fun for me now. Matt, a little bit about the game coming up. You weren't part of the games last year against the Bengals. Right. Uh, do you remember watching the AFC Championship game live? Were you, yeah. were you had you checked out on football at that point? No, I you, didn't. I, you were looking at that, were you surprised the Chiefs offense couldn't get in going in the second half? Well, when you're watching it on TV, you can't really tell exactly what's going on specifically, um, <clears throat> what they're doing schematically. Um, just like everybody else, you see it was a tale of two halves. Uh, now we're able to dig in and, and, and really see, um, you know, do you have some, some reasons why yes, maybe no, et cetera. So, but for me, um, I was able to see it. I was able to watch it. And um, they're a great football team. I mean, I, I think you, you look at specifically from an offensive side of the ball, their defense, uh, very well coached, uh, great things that they do. And so um, we're going to be put to the test this weekend. And, and I think that it's a, it's a credit to them, but also it's a challenge for us. And um, it's, it's a playoff-type atmosphere. Are there certain, team, are there certain teams, the Bengals, obviously the Bengals have fallen in this category, but Styles make fights, right? They say mm -hmm. in boxing that 
they, what they do, their personnel is just kind of a bad matchup for Patrick, or is it just they had a good day, maybe the Chiefs didn't have a good day? I, I, I do think it's a good question. I would say this, that um, every, every team has their own identity, and, and there's, like you said, to the boxing analogy, some matchups just don't work out right. I, for us right now, um, and for Patrick specifically, and I think this is one of the good things of where he's at this year, is he, right now for him, it's week by week to be as consistent as he can be, regardless of what has happened in the past. And, and I say that to the point that we have not brought up in, in our room one time about anything that has happened. Other, we know. We know what has happened, and we're on to this year. Now, schematically, what do we need to do? We'll work through that. But... Um, you know, I think that for, for Patrick, he's in a good place right now. Our offense and our team is in a good place. And so what we want to do is keep that going and make sure that play-by-play, drive-by-drive, game-by-game, um, we keep this going because it's been, it's been fun. And uh, we, we all are, are learning different ways to win. We're calloused, and uh, Patrick's a huge reason for that. Thank you, man. Thank you. No problem. Take care. This point of the season, if you can put your finger on exactly why you guys have been able to kind of do it without a receiver like that in your room? Yeah, all the guys have stepped up. Um, whether it's a specific thing, I, I don't know if there's a specific reason I can give you, but we asked all the guys that were coming in, because uh, there was a number of departures, not just Tyreek, uh, to basically get all caught up and sped up to where we were today and so that we could just keep going as an offense. And the guys that we brought in bought into that. Smart guys, great players, but the mental part and the task at hand for them to get to where we are was huge. And they've just kept on progressing each and every week with kind of where we've been and where we're going. And that's allowed, I think, uh, our quarterback and all the other skill positions to just keep on kind of rolling where we left off. Um, but when we had Tyreek and D-Rob and Pringle and some of the other guys that have been mainstays for a while. When you have veterans, you kind of expect them to be able to do that. Looks like Sky, as a rookie, has made a pretty good leap the last month or so. Have you have you seen that in the practice field meetings? that's paying off on the on the field. Yeah, I think that's accurate. He has adopted that approach, where he's just got to learn everything, just like the veteran guys. They've showed him um, a great model of behavior in the classroom and then on the practice field, and then he's gone out and made plays. Um, when he's been given the opportunity. The best thing he does is he comes in each week, and whether we've run the play one time or 100 on the practice field, he treats it as the, that most important rep, goes through the mental uh, different variations of the coverages and comes over and tries to ask questions, which is a veteran type of move because on Sunday you could, you could see any look. He's obviously had problems on special teams, right, with the punts. You, had to, you didn't seem to need you know, a pep talk. Uh, the way he played uh, as a receiver, but has there been times during the year you've had to pull him aside, or maybe some of the veteran guys have had to kind of talk to him and then you know maybe not let him get down on himself. Yeah, I think I mean the guys pull him pull him along and help encourage him. Uh, I just focus with him on the offense and what he's doing as a receiver. I know the special team stuff; it obviously can affect him. But when when we get isolated in the in the offensive and the wide receiver mentality, it's just all right. Here's what we got to accomplish either this week or this play or this series, and we're going to need you and we're counting on you. You can make the plays. Let's go. Like Todd said, his numbers statistically have been better of late. But early on, you know, he was kind of a forgotten guy. Was I guess the question is, was that creeping in when he had the two drops earlier? Was that affecting him as a receiver early in the season? No, I think early on. Uh, 
we were introducing him to the offense and he had packages and he was kind of more or less um, tagged on specific plays where that mentality where you're kind of in and out uh, based on specific plays is kind of like an assassin mentality where you're just in and out and you got to be perfect. At this point in the season with some of the injuries and just where we are, he is more in the flow of, hey, you just got to play receiver in this offense, whether it's one specific spot or anywhere on the field. We need you. You got to go in and make the plays. And that kind of just frees him up to play football. And that's what he's good at as opposed to thinking about, hey, this is my one play that I worked all week on this specific look. I got to be perfect. Now he's just, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident in my assignment. Now I can just go play. Don't, don't ask me you know, people with trade secrets or anything, but um, a lot of teams run motion, but you guys tend to throw a lot to a guy that goes in motion. I guess what benefits, if any, are there to get a guy moving before the snap and then maybe help him on his route? That's yeah, sometimes based on uh, a number of different you know defensive factors or whatever it may be, sometimes the momentum can help, uh, whether you're just moving one way or the other to get the momentum going down the field or to get the defender moving his feet a little bit and then the ball snapping going. Um, I think there, if you have the ability and the language in your offense to move people around pre-snap, to utilize it uh, doesn't hurt as long as the guys are uh, in tuned and aware of how to do it. And so we try to use that uh, on as many plays as we can. Joe, did you learn anything or things about Darius Tony in the short time you had him before he was injured? Um, yeah, I, I mean, he can handle a lot mentally and then go out and perform. Uh, I was pleased with uh, his approach during the week, and we kind of built you know, a, a segment of the game plan for him early on and then kind of just gave him almost everything uh, the next week when uh, he ended up getting hurt. But he was operating full speed, uh, knowing his assignments. He tackles uh, any, um, any assignment with full gusto. I mean, he, he, whether it be on the field or in the classroom, uh, he is willing to play. He wants to play. When he gets healthy, he'll be back out there. But he, his approach is um, you can't overload him, is what I've, is what I've learned this so far. Coach, I know there's, a lot, there's a lot of talk about Valdez Scantling that maybe he can do more than what he had done in Green Bay, that he's not just a go route runner. And, you know, wh where do you think he is as far as being able to handle everything? And, you know, is it, is it, is it, Met your expectations, fallen short, exceeded. Where, where, where is he sitting? No, I think I think you're right. Quez can do everything. He's a he's a well-rounded receiver. Uh, we asked him to do a lot of the vertical routes with a number of the complementary skilled players that we have. Uh, he's got hidden yardage out there that maybe the ball hasn't found him, but he was running routes, uh, not just vertical routes, where he was open or uh, he could have got some yardage. So I think the timing and just. Uh, the the situation of the ball finding him, he will start to um, accumulate the stats that maybe his route running and his play has shown on film that is, is capable out there. But yeah, he can do everything. We have him on a lot of the vertical routes because he's really good at that too, but he can do them all. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.